0: This ministry. This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I would love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So, would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you and enjoy. Good morning, friends. How are we doing this morning? Good? Excellent, excellent. Welcome online as well. You know, this has been a great series. Uh, Kristen did such a great job uh, of the series. And if you are a guest, yeah, if you're a guest here, we've been talking about like giving voice to our um, our disbelief. And so the big idea really has been over the past couple of weeks is, is that can we lean into our disbelief in a sense? Can we lean in and actually realize that our disbelief can turn into a deeper belief in God? And so we've been talking about all kinds of issues Issues and all kinds of things. And last week, obviously, was uh, the Bible. Um, but, and today I want to talk about the church. Can you believe in the church? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. Okay. But yeah, this series really is about trust, right? And there's certain things you can trust, uh, uh, and there are certain people you can trust, right? And then there's certain people you can't trust. Right? Trust is interesting. Uh, for example, um, Ashley uh, and Nura, they're, are, they're out of town. Uh, Nura, my daughter, she is dancing like a competition, like, uh, like serious people, serious dancing competitions. And she's got them all over, you know, uh, uh, they are traveled to go to these things. And so you know, Ashley left town and she made she made some uh, Gardali, uh, Gardali? What are they called? Garadali, You know what I'm talking about brownies and she left them and she trusts me to not eat them all till she comes back that's not happening okay you cannot trust me with brownies friends like it's not gonna happen There are certain things you should not trust me with like for example if I ever ask you to go and have sushi with me and share sushi you should know that I'm going to eat a lot more than you there is no, uh, uh, the Pastor name goes out the window, it's like Hungry Naeem, or I want more of sushi. Like, you should not trust me with brownies, you should not trust me with sushi whatsoever. Actually, you should not trust me with a lot of, a lot of different kinds of foods. but just so you know, okay? But uh, can you trust the church, right? Can we do that? And, and I think, as I was thinking about this, I thought, man, this this conversation is very uh, ironically timely, because if you live in the Christian world, there is a documentary that just got released on Hillsong. And Hillsong is an international church. It is the most influential church in the world, uh, easily. And uh, we sing a lot of their songs, and uh, man, the documentaries come out, and some other things have happened. And so when you and I think about the church... Based on your experience with the church, you're like, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure if I believe in the church. Maybe even some of you, you're watching and you're not in the room because you're like, I'm not really ready to get back into it. And see, I, I, I get that. I get that. I mean, in light of like some of the betrayal that we've experienced, maybe you've experienced, I get why you don't trust church or church people in a sense. I mean, I, I, I get that, the abuse of power. I mean, there's been some things that you're like, man, I'm not quite sure if I'm okay with this, because in light of these past several years, and during this pandemic even, you're like, you know what, I had a lot of trust and faith in the church, and now it's kind of, or church people, or certain people, and I'm not quite sure if I do anymore, and so the word deconstruction, have you, had, have you heard that word before? Anybody yet, right? That that has birthed out of this pandemic, has birthed out of the racial tension in our country. And why? It's because of some expectations. It's based on some trust and based on some beliefs that people had about how Christians or Christian leaders would act or should act, and they did not. And so you have this word, deconstruction, now people are doing that. What are they doing? They're like, I used to hold on to these beliefs. I used to believe this. and I don't anymore. And so this is a very hard conversation. Do you, can you trust the church? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And then, what, then what, about, what about the misuse of scripture as well? Uh, Pastor Christian talked about that last week. But man, people have justified a lot of behavior, not just the past couple of years, but throughout history. The church has justified so many things so many things, and just use Scripture to back it up. And so how can you? Right? I get that. I get that. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, man, do I really want to talk about this? Like, Should I really talk about this? Like, but it is one of those things. There are some of us that have said, how can I believe? I, I no longer believe in church or in church people. And so I thought, man, I need to make a case on why you should trust the church. And I thought, no, I can't do that. I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Here's why. Here's why. Because, because I've seen people try to do that. And the, the way they do this is like, and not all of them, but most of them fall into this trap of either denying certain things that happened, like, oh, no, this, it wasn't true. That didn't go down like that. Didn't, it, didn't, it didn't mean, it didn't come across, it's not supposed to come across like that. You can deny all kinds of things, or you can um, defend it. You can defend it. It's like, it's not true, you're a liar, you're not, that never happened, that never happened, we don't do this, we don't do that, and there is a defense mode when it comes to church or church people, and then there is a de- denial of anything bad ever happened. And so what I don't want to do here today is, is go, okay, I'm going to talk about why you and I should trust the church, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to deny your pain and defend why that did not happen. I can't do that. Because the truth is, some of us, and if you're watching, some of us, because you're not even ready to come into a space, you've given a, a large portion, portion of your life. Like, you gave your life, like, decades of your life to the church. And now you're on the other side of it going, I wasted my life. And it's true that God has used so many great things. And I want you to know that that's not necessarily true. Like, God has used things. that God never wastes Pain. He always uses it, but you know and I know that there's some man. There's a loss of like I should have. I should have just kind of lived like this. I should have done that. I could have done that. Some of us are are sitting in that, and I just want to say I I I, I feel it. I mean I want to apo- I want to apologize for the entire church, which I can't. But I'm I just want to say that I get that, and then and and people have been uh, abused, misused betrayed by a church, and so we're just going to pray and end end the service. Okay, let's pray. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. I do want to do this, though. I don't want to make a case for trusting the church, but I do want to make a case for trust, for you to have a value and a worth of trust, for you and I to be people, uh, to, in fact, be trustworthy people, not just have people you, we can trust, but actually be people who are trustworthy. Like we have a worth of trust and we have trust as a value in our lives. Are you that person? Are we those people? Because the truth about church is church is made up of people and you are one of them. And if you're here when you could be anywhere else, you are saying, I am the church. I want to be the church or I'm interested in being the church. And so the question then is like, okay, we can't defend it and we can't deny all the stuff. What can we do? Well, here's the good news. If you and I I just lean in this morning and go, okay, am I trustworthy and do I have a value of of trust? If we do this, friends, we don't have to defend and we don't have to deny all the things. What we can do is we can reclaim the church. We can reclaim what the church is really supposed to, to be. And that's the best we can do. We can maybe redeem some of this. And we do this by not blaming others, by taking other responsibility and going, okay, now what can we do? Now, if, if we are gonna create, co-create in a sense, with God, the church of the future, is it possible for us to say, okay, we can be different kind of people. We can be people who have a worth and a value of trust. So this morning, that's my case. I wanna I wanna go into the life of Jesus and go, you know, Jesus did this. He reclaimed the, movement, the 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 belief system of his time. He came in and the church, the temple, the synagogue was doing all kinds of things, taking advantage of all kinds of people. It was corrupt. It was similar. I mean, there was not documentaries going there. They should have been. I don't know. But there was all kinds of people living in a religious system, Jewish people who had no trust in their spiritual religious system. The, all they did was just stuff to make sure that they had ended up in heaven and that was it. And so you could just imagine it's the same that we're doing here. So Jesus steps in and he changes this idea. He reclaims this, this, this message and this movement that God wants to create. And the way he does this is the way he lived his life. Jesus. Jesus knew the value and the worth of Of trust. He had trust as a value and he understood, he understood the worth of it. But I think he he tackled trust, he lived out trust very differently than we do. So I want to jump in and just see what 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 did he do different? How was his life different? Why was he so trustworthy? Why did he have such a value of trust? Or did he have a value of trust? So let's jump right in. You guys ready to rock and roll? All right. So Matthew chapter four verses eighteen. Let me read this to you. This is. It shows us this idea of Jesus' life. It starts off. It says one as one day as Jesus was walking along the she the she <laughs> the the shore of the sea. Oh my gosh! Say that three times. No, I can't. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon also called called who, Peter, Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water they for they had fished for a living jesus called out to them he says come follow me and i will show you how to fish for people not fish but people and what what happened they were like ah forget about it no they're like what's he talking about can't hear him uh what no and what do they do and they left their nets and at once what they do they followed him. Now, what's interesting about this is, like, we know this. Matthew, he's not spending a lot of time on details. He's just saying what happened, went, what, went down, what, what went down. It wasn't like that minute. Uh, maybe it took a minute. They took, had lunch. Then they discussed it. I don't know what happened. The point, though, is they went with him. Now, what's interesting is that Jesus had so much, um, uh, he was so trustworthy because at this point, he was 30 years old. He had lived around there, and people knew him as this guy, this particular guy. And so when he comes out, and this is his first thing, this is Jesus' time where he actually lives a certain kind of life, lives as a carpenter, lives a person who you can trust, and who has a value of trust. See, you, if you have a carpenter and you're making furniture that supports things, guess what you want? You want a trustworthy carpenter. He lived in trust, but he viewed trust very differently, and people viewed him very differently. So when he comes, all of a sudden he's like, I'm not doing, I'm, I'm having a career change. I'm not doing, I'm not making that furniture. Okay, and now here's what I'm doing. I'm going to go, and I'm going to start this ministry. People follow. Why is it that his disciples followed? And what was Jesus doing? Now I will tell you this, I will tell you this, as you begin to reread the scriptures, you'll find that Jesus, when he starts collecting people, he is starting to create the church. You see, he wasn't just collecting disciples, he was creating a movement. He was creating the church. So I want you to know, early on, he goes out and he gets the church, and there is a response, and they just respond to him. So how do we, how did uh, how did Jesus have the capacity, the ability to just command, in a sense, loyalty or command trust? He just goes out and says, hey, come follow me. And they go, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. And if you read any of the scriptures in the New Testament, you know they did that. They just went out and people started following, especially the, uh, the 12, and then there, were, then there were more. They just didn't. Why did they do it? So if you look into the life of Jesus, I'll tell you a couple of things about trust. Number one, there are four things, okay? Number one, I think Jesus understood that trust, number one, trust is not earned. Is not earned. Now, again, you're like, uh, I'm not quite sure about this, but it is. It sure is, Naeem. I don't know what they do in the Middle East. But first of all, we don't even trust you guys. But anywho, anywho, trust is definitely earned. Definitely earned. I mean, I understand that, but don't misunderstand me when I talk about relational trust. You see, in a relationship, trust is not necessarily earned. It is given. You intuitively trust so many people and so many things. This morning you got up and you trusted so many interactions. You, you, you interacted with people and you expected a certain kind of response. Some of you got the response. Others of you did not. Right? Right? Some of you are sat down and you, you're like, I know it's really super practical and all that, but you never inspect a chair before you sit. You just sit down. You don't, you don't, you give away trust intuitively all the time. All the time. You just do. There, there, there's very few of you, very few of you, if you go to Walgreens and you start buying some stuff and they print out the receipt that's a whole, super long, who goes through it? my wife does but anyways who goes through it i don't i don't i mean we give away trust all the time here's why when we stop trusting because we stop trusting when people um, are uh, they 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 don't do what they say they were going to do when things fall apart so you know what what you actually do is when you when you know of a person and you might know a person that, that you want to trust and you give away the trust and, and then he stop Showing up, they tell you they're going to do something and they don't do it. They don't do it. And I know, someone comes to mind, don't text them. It's, not, it's church, come on. Don't. No, no, he's talking about you. No, 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 I know, they were supposed to be here. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all good, it's all good, okay? But you, you and I live a life, and you don't know this, but you, in fact, live a life that you give trust and then people earn distrust. They actually earn the right for you not to trust them when they stop doing the things and they start doing things that it was not agreed upon. You thought we were going to do like this. You thought we, this, is, this is how you are going to act. There, there are some social contracts. There's some relational contracts. You're like, hey, this is, this is how we act. This is what we do. And all of a sudden they don't do this. Organizations do it and even churches do it. And all of a sudden people earn distrust. You see, in a relationship, it, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for me and you to be in a relationship. And I go, I need to know everything about you because you have to start earning my trust. And once you earn my trust, I'll give you my trust. No, it doesn't work like that. There, there, we as humans intuitively and, and just naturally have a certain level of trust as another human. And then people begin to earn distrust. As an employee, I mean, I've told this as our, on our staff as a church. I say, hey, listen, when you're hired, let me just tell you, you don't earn trust. Trust is given to you. You earn distrust. You have the right to let me know, should I trust you anymore? By the way you live and the way you act. You see, when you do this, when we think spirit, uh, that trust is earned, and it's not distrust that's earned, when we think that and we link that spiritually, here's how we live out. We live out our life waiting to get to the point where God says, okay, now I can trust you. Now I can trust you. Because you haven't earned enough. And some of us are waiting, in a sense, to earn God's trust so he can trust you with more. Because we've heard scriptures like, if you trust me with, if, you, if I can trust you with little, I'll trust you with what? More. And so you, when you take that and make that a spiritual practice, what you and I tend to do is live that out. We live out this idea that God is waiting for us to be trustworthy. And we think God is saying, God doesn't trust me until I trust him. Like, he's like, Give me, show me your faith. Show me your faith. Show me your faith. Show me your faith. Ah, uh, not enough. Oh, show me, show, no, no, not enough. You, have, you've been in places where people go, it's not enough faith to heal not enough play uh, uh, to receive not enough faith not enough you don't trust enough i just want to tell you god gives away trust in the beginning even if you go back into genesis the first thing god says is what he says he gives away trust and then adam and eve earned distrust See, trust in Jesus' eyes is not earned. What does that look like? Could it be possible for some of us that we have to go, okay, 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 I, I have to stop living a life like this, always being anxious of trying to be worthy enough? Can I live my life? Is that the problem in, on my team in my, with my kids? Am I always a person who comes across like, I don't trust you. Don't trust you. And secondly, trust Trust. Oh no, no, no! Before we go into that, let me just make the point here. Like, really, really hit it home. This is how Jesus starts his converse uh, relationship with one of his disciples, right? In John, for uh, John one, it says here, Philip found nathanael and told him, "We have found the one Moses uh, wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets all also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph." So what's happening? Well, John records the, the the collection of the church, the collection of the disciples as well, and he's saying, "Hey, so Jesus keeps going and telling people about it, and so there's this one point where we Philip finds Nathaniel, and Nathaniel says, "Hey, come, and this is the guy who's going to do amazing things. He just told them we're going to be fishers of people it's, it's a big thing. So now Nathaniel hears this, and the first thing he says is this: what is this what do he say he says he says and um, uh, he says, okay, so he's Jesus of Nazareth. He's the, the son of Joseph because they kind of knew him, right? They grew up with him. And, and, and what does he say? What does he say? He says, uh, Nazareth? Nazareth? Like, can anything good come from there? Do you, have a, do you have a friend who is just a smart mouth? Like, just like, just stop it, man. You, they, 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 you say something and you're like, and they go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What? Shut it. Just go with it. Just go with it. It's it's Nathaniel. Nathaniel is like, Nazareth? What? Gastonia? What? What? China Grove? <sighs> Morrisville? Come on! Where are we going? What's happening here? No. Shelby? What is Shelby? It's a car, isn't it? What what? No. Pakistan? Can anything good come out of Pakistan? You know, like, what? What? No. No. That's his response. He's that kind of guy. So now he walks up to Jesus. And then what happens? They're like, hey, just come and see, man. Just come and see. Just come and see. So what happens? When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, so he sees him coming, okay? He said of him. He says out loud. This is what he says. Here's truly an Israelite in whom there is no, what? Deceit. And all of his buddies were like, Pfft. You don't even know what he said just a minute ago. He knocked your hometown. It, like, it's, it's like, what? What was Jesus doing? He looked at a person coming and saying, oh, you. This is a guy who you can trust. Hey, you. See, what if when you, when the first time you met Jesus was like that? What was the first time if you kind of felt God's presence? It was like, Jesus goes, oh, I can trust you. Man, our our spiritual lives would be totally different. Because when we come to Jesus, mostly it's like, I don't trust you. And you're terrible. There's no faith put in you. There's no trust. You have to find yourself worthy. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. You earn distrust. I trust you. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you this access to eternal life. And guess what? I trust you. But you get to earn distrust. That's how Jesus works. Secondly, trust is a process. It's a process. Growing up, I used to play this game uh, when we were a kid. it, kids, and I think we play it here as well, but it was, this, it was always on trips, you know, in the car. It was a person, place, or thing. Anybody heard of that? Yeah. Okay, person, place, thing. Okay, now, what I, I told someone this recently, and they were like, uh, You mean 20 questions? Anybody heard of 20 questions? And I was like, No, what do you mean 20 questions? No, it's called person, place, or thing. And they're like, No, it's called 20 questions because you ask 20 questions. I'm like, No, that's dumb. No, you don't. If it's a long trip, you got to keep it going. You got to keep it going. You don't need 20 questions. You need 25, 30 questions. It's it's a person, place, or thing. So as I was thinking about this, I thought, you know what? I think that trust seems to fit in those categories sometimes. See, trust is not a person, place, or thing. It's it's not it's not it's 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 not a it's 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 not a person. It's not a person. You go, okay, okay, I trust them, and I and I trust them forever. See, the problem is when you have that idea of trust being a person, a particular person, and they can be, they can be trusted all the time, all day long, regardless of how they age, uh, that's not a good idea. Because there are some of us that used to trust a person uh, 16 years ago and you don't anymore. Anybody? Like, you wouldn't even trust your own self 20 years ago. You're like, don't trust me. No, that's a bad idea. That's just dumb on your part. Nope, don't do it. No. You don't even trust yourself 20 years ago. It's not a person. It's not a person that goes always. No, no, no. Because people grow. People evolve. They grow up. It's not a person. It's not a place. It's not like I'm going to get to a place in our relationship, and now I trust you all the time. All the time. I understand that mentality I, I totally get that because you have to have a certain level of, of, a, of, a, of a place you have to get to i get that i totally the people have to be safe i understand that but it's not necessarily a destination it's not a place you come come to and you go all of a sudden i can trust you from now on and and you can do no wrong we have done that before too and it's not a thing you have it's not a thing. You're like, okay, I, I have this thing and it's, it's called trust and it, I either give it to you all of it or I don't give it to you none of it. No, that's not how it works because there are certain people you trust with certain things and there are certain people you love and respect, but you would never trust them with. Right? You love and respect me, but don't trust me with brownies. I already told you. I will eat your share and everybody else's. Okay? I'm not going to, like, you know there are certain things you we, we, there, it's not a person. It's not a place. It's not a thing. What is it? It's a process. In a, in a sense, it's, it's not a destination. It's kind of a journey. It's a path. You and I are walking certain, down a certain path with people and organizations, and it's called trust. And you can either stop because there's something happening. You're like, oh, I'm not quite sure. And you stalled for about a while. And some of us spiritually are stalled for a while, and you keep on going. Some of us go, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. And you deconstruct all the way back. Like, I'm not even going down this path. I'm not going, going down this journey with you when it comes to trust. I'm not doing that anymore. See, trust is, in fact, a journey. It's, it's, it's you, you keep on going, you keep on going, you keep on going. It is a process. And at some point, things can change. And so I want you to understand that because I want you to go, trust does need to have a value in your life. You can't just go, well, I can't trust anybody. When you say things like that, when we say things like that, we just disvalue. We 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 become less um, of humans in a sense when we don't trust other humans. We have to have a value. We have to have a worth. You have to be trustworthy. I have to be trustworthy, and we have to have that as a value of our lives. And it it it's connected to what we think trust is. It is it is a process. It's a path that you go on, and you have to decide if you're going to stay on that path. And as we talked about it, it's, it's, it, 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 is, it is not earned. It's, it's, it's kind of given. It's one of those things. So let me explain to you by, by reading John. John 6, right? John 6 says here, uh, at this point, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him what what just happened see jesus as he moved his disciples and gathered more people and, and more people joined him not just 12 there were 72 there were more than that he began sending them out like again his 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 ministry in a sense was like 3 years long so he started off we picked the first few you know months of his ministry where he was picking some guys and then he keeps them going keeps them going and years have passed there's some amazing things have happened and jesus begins to begins to start Throwing some more information to them, more and more, because it's a process. They're going, he's talking, they're they're evolving in a sense. And so he begins to talk about some things, and this is kind of like the end of his time here, before he got crucified. He begins sharing some things, and the disciples and the the crowd, in a sense, not just the twelve I mean disciples like other people as well who have been joining him. Dozens and dozens who have been uh, kind of being on, they go on certain trips with him. They're hearing some things and they don't like it. And at one point Jesus says something that they are, they don't know what to do. He's talking about some suffering because again, they thought he was about to be the next um, ruler for the Jewish people. To rescue them out of the Roman Empire. And he was not going to do that. So he says some things and this is where we picked it up. And at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked what? Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have what? You have what? The words that give eternal life. He's like, where can we go? But do you see what happened there? It comes to a point where people go, I'm not gonna go with you. And it's okay, as we journey together as people and as companies or as in any kind of partnership or relationship or, or in any organization, there's a point you have to keep on going and then you get to a point where you're like, I'm not gonna follow you anymore. But you can still have that uh, trust as a value and a worth in your, in your life. And here, the disciples are like, hey, 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 no, no, we still trust you. We still trust you. We're still on this journey with you. And so, what happens then? Well, then, Jesus teaches us that trust is a risk as well. So, it's not just a process, it's also a risk. It is extremely risky, extremely risky to trust people. It's a very vulnerable state and i'm not talking about trust like hey i trust my barista to make me coffee no no no. i'm talking about the trust that you're like hey can you trust me Uh, can i trust you with my sin like that's tough like a couple of years ago we did a series called sacred sins and so i talked about how the all of our sins are sacred see we think oh they're they're just horrible we shouldn't talk about them or we we should repent from them it's all evil evil disgusting no 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 uh, all of those things aside Sins are sacred. Our, our brokenness is sacred. And so when people share something with us of something they have felt, done, or thought, it's sacred. And that's why you have to have good friends who don't like take your sacred sins and put them out for everyone to see. So here, we have to realize trust is a risk. And Jesus was betrayed by who? Anybody Remember, Judas, one of his own, one of the ones, like, inner circle people. Why did Jesus do this? Jesus is so interesting because if you, when you look at his life, you realize so many of his choices um, his, uh, in, in picking people, in the, in the conversations he had, was, like, always telling us a story. And here, I wonder if Jesus was like, I'm going to tell you how to live and be in relationship with people. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you how, you how you risk in relationship. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to pick the guy, okay, I'm going to pick the guy who was a zealot, by the way. And so Judas was a zealot, which means he was, he was part of a political party at the time that really wanted to overthrow the Roman government. I mean, they were passionate people, and they were doing all, they were like, he was more into politics than anybody else, and Jesus knew that, and then Jesus also gave him in charge of all the finances, which we would go, that was dumb, like, why would you give a politician all the money? You're like, oh, what do you do? Yeah, exactly. Why, 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 Why would you do that? So he had access to all the money. It seems like Jesus was like, let me teach you how to be human. Let me teach you how to look at a person and go, you know what? There's a chance that you might seriously betray me, but I am going to risk and I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give you my trust, and then you get to choose what you're going to do with it. So Jesus gave Judas authority, in a sense, and oversight over the finances. And what happened? He used that to betray Jesus. It was... It was it was, it was pretty strange, isn't it? And even the way he did it, check this out. So Matthew 26, it says here, this is how Jesus, uh, the point of uh, Judas' betrayal. Jesus already knew he was going to do that. But here's what it says. It says, now the betrayer, which Matthew is obviously mad when he wrote this. You know, other translations were like, traitor, you know. Tar- you know? So now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. So what he's saying is is that they were in the Garden of Gethsemane praying and, and um It was going to go down after that. And Judas was like, hey, listen, all these disciples are going to be there praying. Uh, Jesus is going to be praying. These guys are going to start praying. They're going to fall asleep. They're going to get whatever. So that's going to happen. But then after that, you guys need to come, and I'll get the Roman soldiers and some other people, and we'll arrest him right there. Okay? But here's a signal because the guy, you know, I'll give a signal because, you know, there's so many people, it's dark. They all look alike. Let me just show you. Okay? Here's what's going to happen. So here's what he says. He says, he says, This is the signal. What's the signal? The one what? I what? I kiss. Is the man arrest him? It's funny when I read this, because I was like, okay, first of all, first of all, I know Middle Eastern culture, and I grew up kissing men on cheeks all day, every day. So so I'm sure the Romans were like, okay, which one? Because you guys are all kissing each other. Like, who? Who are we kissing? Who? Who? And he basically was like, okay, the first guy I kiss, the first guy I greet with a kiss Go to that guy. Okay, he's the guy. Just, I thought it was funny, but only you, I would pick it up. Anyways, okay. So here's what he says. What does he say right after that? Going what? At what? At once Jesus. He's like, I'm going straight to him. Don't get confused. I'm sure Peter, was, Peter came in. He's like, no, 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 stop. No, no, this is the guy. And what happens? He kisses, he kisses him. He says, greetings, rabbi. He kissed him. And Jesus said, do what you came for, friend. Dang. And then the men step forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. Man. In another translation, oh, no, sorry, in another passage, um, I think the letter of uh, Luke writes, uh, Jesus actually says, um, man, would you betray, you betray a friend with a kiss? Wow. It's such a vulnerable thing, by the way, right? You come so, like, it, the, the, the illustration of, like, that's how risky trust is in relationships. It is it breaks your, not just your heart, it breaks your soul when someone so close um, betrays you. It breaks your heart. It can mess you up for a lifetime. For a lifetime. Amen. And we, we, we know this. It can really do some damage. And yet, Jesus is like, hey, You need to have a worth and a value of trust, and I just want you to know, you gotta do this, and it is risky, and your heart is going to be broken. See, if you've ever been betrayed, if you've ever felt the loss of something like that, of trust, it's because your heart wants to trust. That's the only reason, it's the only reason why you feel so bad when it doesn't happen. And when someone doesn't trust you, oh, it's the worst, it's the worst. We cannot move away from the importance of trust. And so do we have a value of trust in our lives and do we have a worth? Are we trustworthy? Are we trusting and can people trust us? But trust is risky. Last one, last one, Its trust is sacred. It's sacred because when trust is broken, it's broken, and it's damaged. Uh, It needs to be protected, restored, because it's precious, it's fragile, and it needs to have some kind of redemption. Trust is sacred. And so Jesus spends three, almost three years getting these guys. He picks them, he adds more people, there's all kinds of things going on, they've done all these things, they've had so many amazing experiences, Right? They've fed so many people. I mean, they've done amazing stuff. And then the, by the end, he begins to tell them, hey, here's what's going to go down, by the way. I'm going to get, uh, um, I'm gonna get crucified. Uh, I'm going to get tortured. I'm going to get crucified. And I'm going to raise up from the third day. Now, they've spent three years with them and still they're like, ah, you're not going to die. That's not going to happen. And they're like, no, 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 no. He's like, uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so one of the conversations is recorded in Matthew. Here's what we read. Peter, Peter's talking, and he says, Even even if all fall away on the account of you, what? I never what? I never will. I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, This very night before the rooster crows, You will disown me how many times. Three, Three times. And but Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will what? Never disown you. Never disown you. And we can stop right there. And But no, but read the rest. Read the rest. So important. And what happens after that? And what? And all the other what? Disciples said what? The same. You see, when we hear the story, we think, who denied Jesus? Peter. No, they all did. They all denied Jesus. Do you know who showed up to his funeral when he was on the cross? Anybody remember that story? Who showed up? And his mom. John and his mom. That's it. Where were these guys? Oh, if you ever, I will never. Dude, you're my boy. I'm not, I got your back. I'm not got your back. You're going to get crucified this weekend? Oh, I'm busy. No, that's, What? What happened? What happened to all these promises? See, all of them broke the promise. All of them betrayed. Now we get the account of Peter fighting with some people because they recognized Peter, but they recognized other people as well. They all said this. So it's like if you're hanging out with your crew, your small group, your people, in a a sense, like you know you've done so much life with and something goes down in your life when you need them the most and they don't show up. What do you do then? What do you do then? What do you do? Do you, do, you, do you come back around? Because it takes special people to come back around and say, yeah, hey, hey, I just want to say, remember that, 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 we, that event that happened, that season? You remember when I was going through that? None of you showed up? Because I want to do that, right? I want to come back and say, remember that? Remember that? None of you guys showed up. No, Jesus comes in and he goes, I need to restore this trust. So he comes in and what does he do? He shows up one, one day when they're all discouraged, he's been crucified, he's, he's, he's been risen, but the story seems to be ending, and these guys don't know what to do. And so what they do is basically go back to fishing. They just go back to fishing. The disciples who three years ago started following Jesus, now had grown into more people and more people, and then become like these, the, 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 the people of the way they used to be called. They became the church. It really became his church. And all of a sudden, this church, this group of people, did amazing things and amazing things, and they dwindled and dwindled. And the day he got crucified, guess what? The church did not show up. John did, and who else? His mom. Where was the church? Where was the church that he was saying, on this I will build my church. This is what I'm going to do that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. None of them showed up. The church he was building, the people he was pouring into, none of them showed up. So I think Jesus is saying here, have you been in that position where the church never shows up? Because I've been there. I've been pouring and pouring and pouring for three years, doing all kinds of things, and they don't show up. I've been there. When they betray you, I get there. When they even begin chanting, give us Barabbas, if you know that story. I get that. They flip on you. They flip on you. So then in the, in, the, in the height of that, Jesus shows up. And what does he do? He shows up and they're fishing. He's on the shore and he starts talking to them. And then here's where you pick it up. John 21, it says, This was the third time that Jesus showed up showed himself to the disciples that he had come back to life. After after that, after they had eaten, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than other disciples do? Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus told him, feed my lambs. Now, I don't want to read the, the, the whole story because we don't have time for that. But I will tell you this. If those of you who do not know this, he denied him three times. Jesus comes back and asks the same question three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he goes, yes, 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 yes. I just want you to know, right before that, what were they doing? They were all having what? Breakfast. Who made the breakfast? Jesus. Jesus makes breakfast for them. After being denied, he goes, hey, who wants brunch? And he cooks for them. He sits them all down. He talks to Peter because Peter's the guy who was the most vocal and he restores not just Peter. He restores all of them. All of them. Do you know what Jesus is doing? He is reclaiming the church. He is restoring the church. He was like all of you failed this. Peter, you were the spokesperson but you failed it. But I just want you to know before I leave again your failure is no excuse you're still my guy hey disciples you're still the church hey we've royally messed up we've betrayed and abused and misused people church yes we have but we're still the church we're still we're still his plan we're still a part of this he didn't go okay you guys are terrible and i'm removing my spirit No, 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 you still have it. Forgiveness, you still have it. Power, you still have it. We still have it. Anointing, calling, we still have it. The love of God, the peace of God, the grace of God, we still have it. And because we still have this, we still are the what? Church. And we have to just be better. We have to be better. We have to be people who value trust and are trustworthy people. And that's how. We don't defend the church. We don't walk away from the church. We don't deny the church. We reclaim the church. We reclaim the movement and the message of Jesus. We reclaim our humanity. That's how we live our lives. So I wanna pray for us, because I think trust is a big issue for so many of us. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you so much for this conversation. I know that for so many of us, God, we have been, in a sense, betrayed, disappointed, let down by people in our at work, by people who promised us all kinds of uh, promotions, promised us a path and didn't really follow through. People who told us that they'd be there and they weren't there at all. People who said that they would be, with us forever in a sense, and they weren't. People who we trusted our lives to, we gave vows to, and they broke vows. That we live in a world that has continued to break promises, continue to um, do things that God separate us, and yet you have continued to do things that unite us, that bring us closer and closer and closer and closer. So God, I pray, I pray that God, that trust would be a value and a worth in our lives. That we, by the power of your presence, by your wisdom, by your life, learn how to really trust again. Trust, Lord God, that you are the God of everything. And as you and I, as we move in a deeper relationship with trust with you, God, that's how you restore trust in each other that's how we reclaim this movement. God, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.